see. Amber, we're not playing Yahtzee. Critical hit? Maybe. Everybody to this episode of Modified Roll, where we'll be talking about resolution mechanics. So the super number nerds here are gonna really, really nerd out, and yeah. then the rest of us are gonna like contribute occasionally. Yeah, I've had this one on the list for a while, and I know everybody's been like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> are we gonna talk about this for a long time? Some of us didn't even know actually what it was when we put it on the schedule. Yeah, yeah. No, we won't name names, but no. That's where we should start. What what are we talking about when we're talking about resolution mechanics? Yeah, um, this is the term that at least I use. I've seen it a lot uh, in RPG design and creation discussions where basically the resolution mechanic is the system by which you (laughs) overcome obstacles in a game, right? So in a game like everyone's favorite Dungeons and Dragons, it is the D20 roll. It's D20 plus modifier versus a number that you have to roll over right? That is the resolution mechanic of Dungeons and Dragons. Think about it. Everything in that game requires you to roll a d20 in order to succeed, right? Although that was not always the case. True. That was not always the case. Mm. Um, (laughs) But there are other games that use different mechanics and they feel different. And that is important when you're talking about the experience you want to get from playing a game. Now, obviously... Christian and I are nerds to the extent that we are designing games now because we've even other nerds think we're nerds. Yeah, we're even nerdier. (laughs) But this also matters. Nerd me, bro. We will not disagree. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. (laughs) But this does. um, This obviously doesn't matter if you're listening to this podcast for ideas about how to play Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder better. But it does matter if you and your friends want to branch out. Even if you're not designing a game and having to come up with the resolution mechanic itself, understanding how resolution mechanics make a game feel will help you have a better time playing that game. If you go into a game that's like a D100 roll under, those tend to fan out a lot of stats and you're really just a specialist in a few things and you're going to fail at a lot of other things, right? Um (laughs) So don't go into that game thinking you're going to be a hero. You know, you have to temper your expectations for a game like that. So we're going to talk about resolution mechanics. Uh, Maybe what we should do is, uh, obviously, we all know the D20 plus modifier, a very heroic feeling system, especially with most of the games out there that use a D20. You usually end up adding pretty significant numbers at the things you're good at, and you don't fail very often. Um, What other... Maybe we just go around and each of us talk about a dice mechanic we've played or like or don't like. Sure. Uh, I'll start. Um, I'll give you one I like and one I really don't like. Great. I like the D20 personally. I think especially especially Dungeons & Dragons since 3rd edition where that's the sole resolution mechanic you use. I like it. There's a lot of games that I enjoy that use it, uh, like Mutants and Masterminds. Um, I understand the uh, criticism of it that it's swingy. Uh, but Very talk sweet. about a non a non um, D twenty resolution system. I played a lot of Call of Cthulhu or or the Chaosium series of family of games where they use the basic role playing system, which is a percentile dice. Uh, like you just said, you're going to fail a lot. 
because uh, you're going to have to be good, really good. At, you tend to build a character that focuses on being really good at certain things and you just kind of general things that you kind of accomplish. If it's something that's not within that skill set for that character, you're going to not be good at it. Uh, the good thing about it, I will say, is that everybody understands percentages. So if you got a 35 in your skill, you know exactly what your odds are of succeeding or not. <laughs> yeah, you you know you have a one in three chance, basically. Right. And, and you debt informs your decision more of that maybe you can use magic or out or aid or outside help or whatever or something else to improve your odds there right so i think it helps you, i think that sort of system helps you make more informed decisions in character you don't have to math out probability yeah. you don't have to math out probability it's right there in front of you yeah we'll get into probability of other systems later at least i plan on talking about it a little bit but that's what the beauty of the d100 system though is that mm. it's literally percents it's you can make sense of it very quickly it's right there you, yeah. you understand your probability yep uh, yeah, and that's, that's something that has above, above the D20 system. I mean, you can kind of like back, you know, reverse engineer that on a D20, but it's, you know, every, every pip on a D20 is like a 5% chance, but it's not, uh, it's not the same. It's, it's, you know, you still have to do math in your head yeah. before you Well, roll. the difference there is that every pip, every, you have a 5% chance of rolling any number on a D20. Mm. That's mm. the basic percentage. But the modifiers throw away off. Yeah. Modifiers throw away off, which is off. where 5E's bounded accuracy breaks very quickly. And mm -hmm. two... Um, you don't know what the DC is every time, right? Correct. So that is another factor in making yeah. that more complicated. Yep. Uh, and now for something I do not like, I am not a fan of dice pool games at all. Ooh, I, like I just, I'm just not. Uh, I, I, and I, I just honestly, I, I think it. I have to have more experience with them. I think, but like Shadowrun. Well, you just picked the worst one. I want to like Shadowrun so much. <laughs> has a lot of problems yeah. it's dice pools they're not even in the top this is 10. true <laughs> but it's you know anything you want to do it's like roll six thousand d8s or d10s and then then the gym has to roll another six thousand d10s there was there was that joke about the truck that crashed in georgia i'm sure everyone's seen the meme where like all the dice rolled out and it's like it was a game of shadow run it was one round of shadow run uh but even world of darkness like i've never played i want to play some of those games i want to try them out but i i get aggravated when i have to roll like eight or ten dice i Christian, don't know why it just irritates me you've been if i had a roll four i know i read burning wheel and i know it's a dice pool game that's an exception it's a good game there's an exception to every rule see i play rogues i love big pools of dice <laughs> i'm like yes i'm rolling 30 dice it yeah but you're good. adding them up see you know what it is that i hate it's it's actually sitting there and being like okay you had a target number like a world of darkness right you had to roll over a four and you're sitting there and you're like oh let me pick through here and see how many fours i rolled or whatever and it's just i don't know it's just just something that you're Oh, no, see, I think that's... There are that's, other things. Like, when we talk about other resolution mechanics, I'm grumpy and I'm old, and it's just something. <laughs> that's all. I don't like them. It's an opinion. Fair. <laughs> I'm going to steal Powered by the Apocalypse and say that one before other people can. I'm, I really like Powered by the Apocalypse. Um, I like that you usually get, um, like, success with consequence. I really like that mechanic because it's the... Um, yeah. It's yes, it's yes and, yes mm -hmm. and, or yes but, yes but, which is great for storytelling in general um it's like every it's you're likely to succeed but it's going to further complicate the situation and complication is interesting we should we should clarify that power by the apocalypse systems are 2d6 plus modifier and there are three generally three sometimes four outcomes uh you roll 2d6 plus whatever your modifier is and if it is less a six or less it is a failure and it complicates things very badly the gm gets to make what's known as a hard move uh, seven to nine is a mixed success or a success with a complication, which is a great narrative uh, outcome. Basically, both sides get what they want. So it just makes the story really juicy. 
And a 10 plus is a success without any problems. So that's really great. Some uh, systems even have a 12 plus option, but that's rarer. Anyway, continue, Amber. Sorry. Yeah, and, and depending on what modifiers you have like available to you, um, a difference of one or two points in modifier makes a huge difference in that yep. game. Uh, when we did our Bluebeard's Bride one shot, um, the high, your best stat had a plus one in it, and then you had a zero and a minus one, and it and it meant that you almost always fail everything, <laughs> which is a which mm-hmm. is a a crippling situation to be stuck in, and it complements the theme of the game perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Powerlessness and hopelessness, and that every choice you make is wrong. And if you haven't listened to Bluebeard's Bride or watched it, you should because it's by far our most intense session sure. ever. Period. And that plus one being a significant probability changer is because the numbers that you're trying to roll between are that much smaller than something like a D20 mm-hmm. or whatever. Like a plus one is a big shift if you only need to roll higher than a 10. That's a 10% chance of, you yep. know, greater chance of succeeding. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, so, yeah, I like uh, I really like Powered by the Apocalypse. It's it's simple. It's nice. Um, it avoids a lot of like the heavy number crunchy stuff and like gets out of its own way and just lets you tell stories. Um, so let's work for the for the GM, too, if you're decent at improv, because there's not like the enemies are not making scripted counter moves and stuff. You're just like, oh, this is interesting. There's falling rocks and stuff like you're going to hit with one of the rocks. <laughs> and You're just like make shit up as like as the consequences rather than having enemies roll against your players. Yeah, it's a great system to flex or practice your improv skills. It's all about remaining what they call in the fiction, right? Like within the narrative. Yeah. Um, so it does help make you a much better storyteller, mm. I think. I, I think getting back to my own dislike of dice pool games for me personally, I think that's part of it. No, it's because it's like rolling a ton of dice it does slow stops the game. Slows things right? down. And, yep. and, and whereas... The, 2d6 power by pockets is a perfect example you never feel that slow down in that game the dice the dice rolls especially when you're, you're dming like when we played bluebeard's bride every time you rolled the dice like i had a pit in my stomach because we were rolling for very high consequences and you knew you were probably going to fail and and the situation was going to get worse and you were like oh shit i think there was one unmitigated success in yeah it. that was it everything <laughs> else was a failure or or yeah or succeed with consequences and so you, the dice mean something and which they always should. Anyway, that's just a great DM thing. Don't ever rule roll for inconsequential things. Uh, but if you're rolling a lot or it's a complex issue to do that, it takes away from the game because now you have to stop and you have to do math. I'm going to jump in real quick before we keep going over systems. Two comments about that. One, yes, don't roll for inconsequential things. But like you just said, if you're rolling a lot in a system like Powered by the Apocalypse, which has complications built into it, that can really slog things down to, I've found. Mm. Um, so you really got to know when to roll. One of the beautiful things and elegant things of Powered by the Apocalypse is that it's not like Dungeons and Dragons, where you roll one attack to hit one creature. In those games, you know, and again, I'm, I'm turning this into the Dungeon World conversation because it's the Powered by the Apocalypse and Masks that I've run the most. But like you're getting into fights, you can say I attack multiple creatures, you know what I mean? Like, and it's all covered in that one role. It is supposed to move faster, right? You're supposed to have a much quicker pace of gameplay in those games. I want to defend dice pools a little bit. I think dice pools are great because it's a slower game mechanic. You need to know if you're going to be playing a dice pool system, that is a system where you're going to be talking to your GM a lot and you're going to be 
arguing, you're going to be arguing your point and saying, I think I deserve this extra dice. Because yeah, I was going to say how yeah. you get your dice pool matters. Yeah. In a lot of ones that you get them narratively from like your traits and stuff and mm-hmm. like situationally be like, oh, well, I'm going to use this to my advantage and this to my advantage or yeah. and the DM's like, well, this is working against you actually and it's a negotiation. Dice pools often make for very good collaborative games between player and GM. Well, the storyteller system is is a great system. White Bro- you know, Onyx Path, White Wolf system legit as a great system it's done the test of time i'm not taking away from it i, I want to yeah. play it actually i've never had a chance so i've heard it can be really light i just yeah. my experience has been with shadow run and star wars which is different uh west end game star wars is a baseball system but that's that's actually a really good one i have mouse guard on my list of mm-hmm. games i'd like to run for this group and that is a great example it's like burning wheel light kind of mm-hmm. um where it really is like amber was saying you have to defend your use of your trait or a be- belief or your wises you need to discuss that and like so it does slow the game down but it actually makes for it can make some really tense moments mm-hmm. where like you and your friends are really trying to like because in those games you really shouldn't be rolling a lot at all and those roles mean a lot so you need to have everyone ready you yeah, know to... how like <laughs> that's such a double-edged sword because sometimes like where your players are, like defending the building of their pool sometimes it's really interesting because it lets you like plumb the depths of your character and sometimes mm-hmm. it's incredibly annoying because somebody is just a dice pooling hole like ho and they're just like trying to stretch things ridiculously and you're just constantly like no yeah no and they're like yeah. but why and you're like because you're being ridiculous yeah. because your b wise has okay. nothing to do with you fighting yes. this owl right now you know what i mean like that I would say most people are pretty reasonable, though. Like you, no. you can no, no, there no. are unreasonable no. people in our group. <laughs> Not this group, but in our home group. <laughs> uh, you know, if you get power gamers from the D and D realm and try and power convince gamers them, are annoying. <laughs> so annoying with dice pools. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna make it very difficult. I mean, they're annoying with everything, <laughs> with every mechanic. But this is why we're talking about temper your expectations. Knowing that you're going into a dice pool system, be prepared to defend yourself and make a good arguments for why you should get the dice you should get the yeah, dice are effectively modified answer though don't just yeah. make a 10 minute argument about why your trait does or does not apply <laughs> um jess do you have any dice <laughs> mechanics <laughs> yeah so like i don't really have like a favored mechanic that i can really think of but you know i was actually going to say i have only played this game once and it was demon hunters a comedy of terrors and i looked up the mechanic system because i actually don't even know what it is but it says that they use and it's it's a dice school system classic jess <laughs> <laughs> they they it says they use cortex plus which is cortex like, prime yeah. cortex yep. plus yeah yeah so it's it's similar to fate which i don't know what either of these systems are but i i really enjoyed it it was a dice pool system you get d6s based off of certain aspects i didn't think it slowed down the game at all um but i also really liked it because it was cool that you could use bonus dice and when you use them um the g you the gm took them like if you're if you use them for your character oh, that's then cool that, it gave those dice to the GM. So the GM could use them at some point for like their monsters or whatever role that they could have. But when they use them, it goes back to the player too. So like, it was really really cool. cool. Yeah, it was really cool to have that back and forth. And I really enjoyed that in the game. See, that's really cool that the GM gets dice to use back against you. It's like a, it it almost functions like something we're going to talk about later, like a token economy, but using dice. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. It was so much fun. And I guess I'll go last. I will save my frustrations with the d20 systems of late of the last 15 20 years um because i don't think anybody's changed it in a meaningful way oh, that's they, the issue with it they tend to just get bloated 
Yeah. Um, and I, this is coming from somebody who loves Starfinder and Pathfinder as D20 systems compared to 5e. Um, and those numbers get stupid. Like you're rolling like over 40 all the time and you can still be like, that's a failure. That's not great. But I mean, if you know what the game is, then you can make it work. Uh, the only other dice system I can really think of that we haven't talked about are dice arrays. Things like we played on Kids on Bikes, where you mm. get one die mm. of each size. Yeah. Yeah. But that almost functions kind of like a polyhedral version of a percentile, right? Like, you know what your odds are of succeeding mm-hmm. something if you're trying to roll with your D4. I think Cortex Prime is similar to that, isn't it? I mean, there's, you know there's I mean? a pool, there's a small pool of dice, but you have different sized dice depending on what you're trying to do. Oh, yeah, can I can I take a moment and gush? Christian, we're yes. developing a pretty novel dice Why we are, Rainy? Oh my God. For our game. <laughs> I don't think we should I get actually, too into it. I mean, I don't know anything about this, so. I don't um, know. Should we talk about it? Uh, you know, this is, is top is secret a, stuff. It's unique dice system. Is that, is that all? I've never seen that? anything. Like, I've, I okay. think we think it is. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, so. that's all you need to tell us. Yeah. That's okay. Um, it's similar. I, I got the idea from Iron Sworn, but the thing I didn't like about Iron Sworn, I just adapted and we worked with it. And I think it works. I'll talk about it for a second. Basically, it is a, uh, you're rolling two dice against one another. At all times. They're like the GM will never roll a die, but the GM will determine the dice you're rolling against. So you can roll anything from a D4 to a D12 uh, mm-hmm. based on your skills. And the mm-hmm. challenge is whatever, you know, however hard it is, the GM will say this. So say one of your skills is a D8 and you get D8 plus one to this skill and you're attempting something pretty difficult. So the GM says you're rolling that against a D10 rust die. Oh, it's almost like a luck roll. It kind of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it... um. It's, but they all function like that. And where that could just be really arbitrary and like, oh, you know, whatever. Uh, it really matters what your margin of success or failure is. Um, that's what the game really runs off of. So you roll this. Interesting. I wonder how that would be like when you play test it a bunch. Because like, that's a huge variance on either end. Like, Not as much as you think. As Not as much as you yeah. think. Um, <laughs> I had a friend run the numbers statistically. He was a math major, has a, I believe, master's in math. And I was like bro help me out does this make sense and he was like i mean here's what i got and i looked at it and actually going back to your bluebeard's comment earlier the plus one being so significant mm-hmm. um a plus one in this game and this is uh, giving away some power gamer shit for our game that's going to come out who knows when um a plus one is basically equal to two die sizes up in my game it, like in our game so like if mm. you roll a d6 a switch. or a d10 a d6 plus one is effectively the same as a d10 um, a D6 plus three is better than a D12 because um, your floor is a four and your ceiling is a nine. You know what I mean? Um, so it really it really is interesting. Um, okay. We've had yeah. some fun, like picking it apart and being like, does this work? Mm. And I'm really excited to play. Yeah, I am too, because the interesting is it's, it's not swinging. Yeah. It's not because so, the D twenty says the problem with is that it's swinging and, and it's not. So your choices, mm-hmm. you're in it's in a system that's not swinging with dice. Your choices in building the character matter a lot more, and because of the theme of the game that we're making, that's going to matter a whole lot. Yeah. And I like that'll be it's yeah. easy and quick to see whether you succeeded or failed. Right? Yep, that's what we hope. We haven't tried it yet. And um, yeah, and I specifically wanted to find a way to create a resolution mechanic that felt hard like you're gonna fail a lot of these roles and that's kind of the point like you know what i mean like it's supposed to feel oppressive um yeah and failure helps you get better but i mean in a world uh, like the game that we're making whatever doesn't kill you (laughs) kind of thing gotcha Um, 
So anyway, another uh, thing I just want to mention because I had to step away for a second, but I heard you talking about dice arrays is a an interesting thing about dice arrays is um whether or not you have exploding dice kind of matters yes. a lot with the dice, mm-hmm. right? Because like it almost makes it like a double edged sword because like a higher die is like a greater chance of success with like in that range, but it's a lower chance to get a dice explosion. So sometimes like rolling a d four, like you have a twenty five percent chance of that die exploding just keep going yeah like it, it rewards like the the beginner's luck sort of thing like the gods watch over fools um which i really enjoy about that i'm designing a kids game too where everybody plays animals and it's d6 dice pool system but like incredibly simple and it does have what i call popping dice um so if you roll a d6 they pop um and you just keep going uh-huh. and uh i've found that it's unlikely enough because a d6 it's like what like 18% or 17% something like that. Um so I mean it's it's unlikely enough that it doesn't make a huge difference plus that's a game that is the opposite. Like it I don't want kids failing all the time. You know what I mean? They're they're getting into role playing yeah. games. I made it very easy to always succeed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's greater than 50% all the time that they succeed. So yeah. Um now dice it's easy to break down well not easy for me it is but like like for most people uh you can for do me the math that was a little hour you do it was a little well, <laughs> I gotta say. it's Again. because he's been looking at this for so for long so easy for me yeah. it's easy for me but you please <laughs> well because i've been looking into designing for <laughs> a few years now and working on it majors <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did a lot of statistics for my math english like, majors don't understand that fancy numbers and shit hey. I was a math and science major. I know nothing about. That's because you haven't tried. Like you would probably pick it up like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you looked at like the data, you'd go, oh, this makes sense. You know, but so that's the thing is you can do that with dice. Probability is relatively easy to um, pull out of it and go, okay, I know my chances of success. Some people, you know, nerds like us, like Christian and I are, you know, all of us have gone, can I make a game? I don't like the click clack math rocks. How do I make a game that's entertaining without using them? And I think that there are some really fun mechanics out there that don't use dice. And, um, but those get a little more difficult to talk about probability. They are much more chaotic games, typically. Um, but depending on what they're about, and most of the time they're not about high stakes things, or sometimes they are, which makes it even more interesting. Um, the probability isn't as important. Is what I'm trying to say. You're talking about, you know, sometimes they're not about high, high stakes games. You're talking about alternative resolution mechanics. And the one I'm thinking of is Dread. Dread yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. That's, a, and that's which a good is, one where the, yeah. the lack of probability actually adds. You, you have no idea what the probability is. And every time you're drawing. You just know it's getting worse. The drawing one of those wooden blocks. You, yes. you know, all of, out of the quote unquote wooden block tower. Uh, yeah. You know that, you know, you're actually making the odds of, of succeeding eventually. Eventually that's going to fall. Right. Well, yeah, and you're like, you make a move to fuck one of your friends over. You're like, <laughs> yeah, 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 fucker. And, and uh, if you haven't gotten it yet, uh, Dread uses a wooden block tower. And um, if it falls, I think you just die, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. Or someone dies. I someone think. dies. Yeah. But yeah. Like, it's a, so everybody will be dead by the end of this one shot game. <laughs> They're great. Those are great. Those are great games. Yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. Again, that's about the expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you went into that game thinking you can power game your way through it, or thinking that you could build a character that for some reason was just better at Jenga, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, then you're showing wrong. up to do the wrong thing, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so the the mechanic itself of that game. It's like almost like 
Cthulhu in a way. Like you build your character resigned to know that they will die or be mad by the end. Or be crazy. It's just a matter of how how long are they going to last? That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I got another one. I have another alternative resolution mechanic. If anybody wants to chime in on this one. Uh, And I like these ones a lot. uh, Are token economies. I love them. Yeah. We did it with good society. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, everyone has a set number of tokens that you can use to somehow influence the game, and they change hands all the time. And it puts power in some people's hands, and it takes power out of other people's hands, and it makes things really, really interesting. I was getting ready to run Wander Home for Westwalk Pride recently. Um, unfortunately, uh, I didn't get to run the one shot, but um, that game is great because you need to do something that isn't immediately good for you to even get a token. And then that token allows you to do something meaningful or like, you know, resolve things in the game. Yeah, I I like I like them uh, token games, uh, but there is um, it can be a challenge for a GM, depending on the group that you have. If you have a group with mixed players and some players are very quiet or passive, um, Mm -hmm. quickly all the tokens are going to move over to like one or two players. That's a good point. That can kind of be that can kind of be a bummer. If you have a game with players that are equally distributed with like their outgoingness and like the outgoing ones are kind of aware and they give other people chances to like speak and whatnot, they're like really good for that. But mm. sometimes if it's a little lopsided, the tokens will make that lopsidedness very, very uh, obvious quickly. Yeah, that's a really good point. And one of the things that um, I wanted to talk about to add on to token games is like hybrid games that have both a token economy and, and use traditional dice rolling like uh, Modifius's 2D20 system. Uh, oh, which, true. yeah, I've only read the Conan version of those rules, but I, I'm sure they have it in Dune and, and they do. Fallout and all in Star Trek and all the other ones too, where in, in Conan it's, it's Dune, Doom and Momentum. Uh, so if you, if you roll and you roll more successes than you need, you get momentum, which you can use to alter other things, or you can save it. So the party has a momentum pool that other players can choose and pull from. Or if you roll and you like biff a roll or, or, or you want extra dice to do better at a roll, you can give the DM Doom. And be like, okay, help me out now. Here's a way to screw me over later. And which kind of functions like we were talking about earlier yeah. uh, with Jess's game with Cortex Plus, and yep. kind of like how Devil's Bargains work in Blades in the Dark, yeah. where you give the GM power over yep. you for a short period and of time. I, it kind I, of I like a token. love that sort of stuff because now you're you're forced to make a Devil's Bargain, just like you said. Of hey, you know, I how important is this for me to succeed in this? Because I'm going to pay for it further down the road. I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know why but i will because i've given that dm a token to use against me i like token games where you can give your tokens to any players too because mm. like eventually somebody will be in a situation and you're just like you know what fuck this guy in particular and everybody just fucking loads you up with the tokens that like yep. make it rain you're like yeah <laughs> this guy is fucked that's <laughs> yeah that is fun i've found that and this isn't necessarily always true because like you're talking about with modifius's 2d20 systems i find that the further you stray from dice as your resolution mechanic, the more you're just telling people we're playing a way more roleplay heavy game. Yep. So like tokens really revolve around a back and forth that has nothing to do with how good you are at something. It has everything to do with how invested you are in something. Mm-hmm. So it turns into this, you know, mechanics versus RP kind of design. Um, in good society, obviously, there's no such thing as being better than anyone else um but then in other token games if you're getting a lot of tokens you're getting ready to help out but it still is mostly about the story and not about you know or an interaction with another character than it is about um 
defeating something or you know what I mean like stopping something huge they're normally lower stakes games token games I find yeah lower stakes very high role playing games I would I don't know if stakes is there I know what you're saying I don't know that I would use stakes for that because like true our, our good side game was incredibly high stakes this was people's lives and the loves of their lives on the line which is in that's the highest stakes that you can get you know that's um, true so it's like um yeah, I know what you're saying. I just don't think stakes is the right word because it, role-playing games can have incredibly high stakes. Like it's more of a game true. of personal, yeah. personal, yeah, um, personal, personal drama, personal stakes. Yeah. yeah. Versus that's global. A good, that's a good point. Stakes was not the right stakes. word for no. that. Um, and the only other one I can think of um, is cards. Hate them. Either standard, 52-card deck of cards, sometimes jokers, um, and then other games use tarot cards. <laughs> I've never played a tarot card game, but I am interested. I do share Christian's hatred of just cards because I, I can't shuffle. So I naturally just resent. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I can, I can shuffle, but I just hate doing it. And it's just a pain in the ass. And it's just, such a petty reason. No, it's a perfectly valid reason. If y'all have ever seen me shuffle, I spread a deck out at random on the floor. And then I put my hands on chunks of it and just do this. That's why I'm <laughs> only let you do it. <laughs> You're never allowed to play with my magic cards. Ever. <laughs> but like, I also, I also don't like, uh, like card mechanics either, just because it's not exciting. I don't know. It's like not exciting to like flip and then have to determine like what it is. And like, normally it's like face cards versus number cards. Right. Yeah. But like, I just, I don't know. Something about like rolling dice for like, you know pulling a wooden block seems more exciting yeah i think yeah it, it is there's there's an immediate thing whereas with the deck you have to like shuffle it get it ready pull out the card see what the card is i'm, I'm thinking of savage worlds where they use they use yep. cards for initiative, for initiative. Yeah. yeah but you know what but you still have to shuffle it every damn turn and then right? in the ass yeah you know what i do like about it though at least initiative changes every turn true that's true, a true, good true. thing True, true, true. And it would take way longer to do that with dice than it does with cards. It, uh, yeah, I'm not incorporating yeah. cards into the games, but, but that's not the main mechanic. Main resolution mechanic. That's what yeah. I'm like Invisible Sun was great mm. with the suit yeah. card. No, that was yeah, and that was that was like a very tarot a tarot like thing where it's like okay, it was more the card was influencing the scene mechanically, but it wasn't like we were pulling cards all the yeah. time. Yeah. That that yeah, would have gotten. Was, I think I just think that gets old fast. Yeah, uh, that wasn't I think a resolution mechanic. No, um, aces and eights, Kenzer games like Western, uh, which is like one of the crunchiest systems I've ever seen in my life, uh, has an incredibly detailed combat game sequence. Everything is down to like tenths of a second, Yikes. and every action you can imagine is like on this big table. Where it's like it takes you five counts to pull your gun, and another two to aim it, and then blah 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 blah, and you're just ticking down and being like, okay, this happens then, and this happens then, and this happens then. When you shoot someone. Yeah. You roll you roll a modified 20 roll and you pull a card. And then you have a silhouette of like a guy and you put this like like <laughs> clear plastic thing over it and, and it's like, you know, like a radial thing. It's like, okay, well, you pull the heart. So that's you, your shot goes like high to the left and you hit him in the shoulder. You were aiming for his chest, but you got him in the shoulder. And it's cool because it comes out with, I've read actual plays of the game where they describe the gunfights, how they happen. And I'm like, all right, that sounds awesome because it sounds like a real gunfight, but it probably took them like four hours to play out <laughs> two seconds of, of, you know, a gunfight. And, and I can't even imagine, I can like, I can see doing like, Hey, the, like the typical like showdown at high noon. I cannot imagine having like an actual, like, you know, 
bar fight breaks out bar fight oh, or like God. rustlers you know like like the shoot out at the okay corral where it's like four right. on four fuck that shit like you're gonna like just give up stop the campaign right there because you're gonna be like we'd be start now and we'd be done by christmas christian i'm not trying to discount your opinions in this episode however yes, you are you've shit on dice pools yes i have shadow run as a example which yep. paints them in a very bad picture paints them in a it's very the bad first, it's one of the first dice pool games sure and that's why it's one of the worst <laughs> And two, <laughs> and two, you've only brought up supplemental card mechanics instead of actual resolution using cards. Yeah, because I would never even play a game that has just a deck of cards. I'd be like, fuck that. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, okay? When I look through games and I see card, like, like, hey, we use a card deck. I'm like, all right, did they provide an alternative to use dice? They didn't. It's gone. This is... Yeah. Me and Rainey's Pathfinder 2 argument again. Yep. I love wow. and now I get to observe it from the outside. <laughs> the difference is I stepped in and saved you. <laughs> I just I need I it out. You You're just gonna be like way. destroy each other. Amber, if you if if you defend 5e versus Pathfinder from a probability standpoint, I don't know what leg you have to stand on. Because Pathfinder did the math, their challenge rating works, their scaling works, but regardless. We're going to talk wanna, about cards. Yeah, I did want to <laughs> ask. I don't know how how did tarot systems work, like tarot cards. They're primarily know. storytelling. Yeah, tarot. I, I yeah, will I exclude tarot systems from this, by the way, okay. because those yeah, are very different sorts of games. Cards as a main resolution mechanic yet. There are yeah, multiple they ways to do them. Yeah, but you haven't given an example other than you miss a gunshot in a tenth of a second because you rolled a d20 as well. Uh, I That's did. A I bad did. I did. No, the, the initiative system. The initiative system in, in Savage World is sucks. faster. No, and it's more not. dynamic. You have to shuffle than a deck of cards. D20 system where you do it at the beginning of combat and you're done. No, you can. I've I've played D and D where you roll dice every single round, like old school D and D. You rolled your initiative dice. The initiative tax changes every single round. It's not that slow. It's not as slow as Neither shuffling. Is it's not as slow three as three cards, Christian. But you're gonna have Neither more than three people. Rainy. Three cards <laughs> or five cards. It's not that hard. Anyway, again, I will not say this, the main okay? mechanic. It's not that it's hard. It's just that I don't want to do it. In the near future, we will play a card resolution. You're game. still talking about a uh, side mechanic. You're not talking <laughs> about actually playing right. a game with what cards. Game, what game uses like, Unblooded Death? They exist, right? No, I actually know one. Uh, D-Sanction has, has, a, uh, the D-Sanction has a, a system where you can play with an Unblooded Deck of Cards if you want, or you can play with dice. Yes, yeah, so, was uh, also with a card yeah. system. But the card one might as well not exist because no one ever uses it. I'm like, oh, cool, dice. Here we go. Yeah. Regardless. <laughs> for the most Break out part, those math rocks, baby. Okay, but see, you're also talking about games. Yeah, but this is also a, a very much a matter of opinion and subject. You're do yeah, but you're also talking about games where you're doing way more blow-by-blow blow stuff. Most of the card-based games I've found are story games. And the cards are flipped either... As a, like Jess said, you compare two and then one side has the upper hand and it gives basically, um... You just play war. Well, I mean, in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. But I mean, like, it gives, like, narrative momentum to one side or another, right? Um, it kind of turns into, like, a, um, long-form form of, like, war in, like, a argument or in a scene where you're trying to, you know, outwit somebody. However... Another way I've seen it done is that cards represent basically from Cypher system GM intrusions, right? Mm. So you flip a card when something is unsure, like when you're unsure of how things are going to go, and you consult, and now we're going to go back to what you thought this was going to be about, Amber, 
like an oracle table. Oh, that's right? Ironsworn, right? I'm not a fan of tables. <laughs> um, Ironsworn actually uses, you roll a d100. For I Ironsworn. thought I used dice. I thought you could use a card in Ironsworn. But I, um, I, I, there are decks, yeah. but even still, you're supposed to roll a d100 out of them. Okay. And at their reference. But um, a lot of times there are oracles. They are like intrusions and they kind of explain how, they describe how things progress in a way or how they are complicated. Um, I'm designing a two-player buddy cop detective game that uses cards as a form of either introducing uh, twists into um, the case or uh, tampering with evidence or an NPC gets involved. And basically you have hearts, which is people and social and everything like that. You have diamonds, which is analytical and evidence. You have spades, which is trickery and deceit and scheming. And you have clubs, which is violence and things like that. So you use those cards to influence where the story is going when you aren't, you know, basically every scene, it changes like that. Most card-based resolution systems I've, I've read primarily use them as intrusion or developmental yeah. ways to tell Which a story. So similar it's not to what about Invisible Sunday. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Except you never have to roll the dice. It's about a collaborative storytelling event. Mm. So therefore That's okay, I guess. Yeah. So therefore <laughs> you don't get all pissed off about having to shuffle a deck of cards every I now guess and then. That's, yeah. Who wants you to know. do that? If that's your loan argument, you are depriving yourself of what could potentially be a good experience because you don't like doing a dexterous thing for 15 seconds. I mean, it's interesting. It takes me longer than 15 seconds. That's the problem. I mean, it's interesting. I think we should, I mean, I've never played a dice, like a card game like that before. I've never done like a story narrative with cards. I don't know if I would enjoy it or not, but it sounds interesting. It's I think different. that could be fun, actually. I think, I, and I think the tarot systems, like I've read some really cool, like solo role playing games where you, you use a deck of cards. Yes, and, I was going to say that too. A lot yeah. of so I will, I will I amend, I will amend play, my opinion RPGs. to state that I dislike decks of cards used as parts of resolution systems in more mainstream. Should have just stopped there. I dislike decks of cards. I also just dislike them, <laughs> which is acceptable. It's like an opinion. That's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. that's fine. But it doesn't make them a bad tool for to a me resolution it does. mechanic. Because you dislike right. the media, it doesn't make it a bad storytelling tool. I, mean, but like, I just it, I dislike becomes, guns. I wouldn't say they're bad at killing people. I mean, if it becomes cumbersome, right? Like one of the things about <laughs> True. about D20 systems sometimes, if there are a whole bunch of different modifiers that you have to add, I forgot what system it was, right? Where there was just a bunch of like floating modifiers that could change a whole bunch of things situationally that you have to track. That becomes cumbersome, right? Yeah. And the resolution mechanic, even for the D20, just becomes like hard to manage, right? So with a deck of cards that you have to, you know, shuffle often and, you know, redistribute and things like that, it, that if it becomes cumbersome and it slows your game down, Again, it's about how often you're supposed to be doing this thing, too. Yeah. Um, if you don't have to do if you don't. Well, I just got an idea right now, like a story game that involves like prophecy or foresight, like oracles and the deck of cards never gets shuffled and different abilities. But you peek certain cards ahead of time because you're glimpsing the future. <gasps> we did it. We started talking about resolution mechanics and Amber's going to start designing a game. We well, did it. Fuck, fuck you. We I don't know. It, it might already exist. This idea just popped into my head because I always think of like, um, that's pretty cool. And at RPGs where like somebody does play like a diviner or something, like it's so hard to mm -hmm. to make your prophecy cool because you don't actually know what's gonna happen before yeah. it does, and then you're rewinding something sort of. 
So like actually be able to play with foresight, like a deck of cards already has like everything that's going to go down set, you know? And then- yeah, a lot of a lot of the games I'm referencing that I've read, you don't shuffle them very often. Like mm. it's about like the story is in that deck of cards and you play till you hit the yeah. end. You know what I mean? Like you're not constantly reshuffling it. Isn't Quiet Year like that? No, Quiet Year. Well, Quiet Year, you flip cards and they are prompts based on the mm. seasons. Basically, yeah, you have to answer questions. So again, okay. yes, they are yeah. uh, They are the yeah. way okay. of moving the story forward. So if you don't have to shuffle constantly, I like them. But, uh, okay. but I, I do think that it's an important thing to note is in any sort of game mechanic, if it's slowing down your game, then it can be problematic, right? It's or a tactile thing. It's the same thing yeah. that I have my problem with dice pools. Like, yeah, I understand yeah. all this stuff about... about I understand. I understand the probability. I understand they can be better. So I understand I shouldn't be rolling more. It sucks to roll 10,000 dice, okay? And just like well, pick through them. It's annoying. Not necessarily. You just crit with a sneak attack. Then it's not necessarily. Yeah, well, then actually, that's, that's different. That's it's totally fun different. to roll a lot of dice. It sucks mm-hmm. to comb through them and yeah. find out what the fuck you have to figure out. That's the part that sucks. I'm Christian, sure there's a program I, that will do that for you now, though, where it'll just tell you like five. Also goals, true. Like, the story is really? there used to be a storyteller system app, actually. I, I don't think it's available anymore. Even Roll20, uh, if you know a little bit of the Roll20 API stuff, you can just roll like. You could just hit. Uh, slash R uh, roll number D whatever and then you can just say keep or you know what I mean like keep anything higher than a four so that way it'll just tell you what how many are over a four uh, there are ways to do it that make it a lot easier however Christian I just want everyone to know that's listening out there and I want you to know I'm not mad at you I raised my voice I got a little defensive it's cool though. but my it's thing cool. is it's gonna be me and Christian fighting Rainy on cards and Pathfinder <laughs> I don't disagree <laughs> No, listen, I don't disagree with anyone saying they don't want to play a game because they don't like having to shuffle cards or roll tons of dice. I do take, uh, I will jump in if they're making an argument that that's bad. No, I just don't like it. Only because they don't like it. But it's bad for me if I don't like it. That does not make it bad. (laughs) Yes, it does. For me, it does. Subjective. It's a subjective opinion. Yeah, he's saying it's not a great system for what he likes to do. Right. Yeah. Fair. Which is true. There are systems that are definitely way better at doing certain things than others for the time. Well, that's what the whole point of this episode is about, is that if you're playing a game where the resolution mechanic seems at odds with what the story is trying to do or the game is trying to do yes. story-wise, then it's probably because they didn't choose the right resolution right. mechanic. Right. If you're playing a game um where like christian and i are designing a post-apocalyptic game and we made it a d20 plus modifier you succeed way too much to make that game good you know what i mean um so again if you're playing a game where you're like wizards and sorcerers and all these epic heroes and stuff and you were just constantly failing everything you'd be really mad which is the issue with pathfinder (laughs) 2 All right, let's not go down. If to you're failing, exactly. we just we just we just declared go, war on Rainy today. If you if you're failing a lot in hole. Pathfinder 2E, it, like it depends on what you're trying to do. Everybody would like, know Rainy <laughs> Pathfinder 2E except for David, the power gamer, who has swept in and now expedites combat. And we are grateful for it. <laughs> well, I hate to break it to you, Pathfinder 2E is a game that rewards both clever tactical play and yes, power gaming. So don't like it, no. <laughs> So the point, what we've deci- note, what we've discovered, is that not every resolution mechanic will be for you, and that's okay, or for every game, right? And you that's pick okay. the one you like, right? I had um, and there more. are lots to pick from. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> <Four games. laughs> Wait, I had two more just random points. Oh, let's go, Jess. What do yeah. you got? 
one of them was I really enjoy systems that have like whatever the dice mechanic system is, but then have like a bonus thing, right? Like I think it's probably actually Mistborn, which is the game that I hate. What was like the, mini games? What was no? What was the game that had nudges, right? That like you would roll dice and then if you got like the highest number, you got to like enhance whatever your success was. Yeah, Mist- Mistborn does that and uh, Blades in the Dark kind of does. Yes, Blades in the Dark, if you get two sixes, is almost like a... Like, oh, it's a crit, book, yeah. Right? So yeah. like I like games outside of D20s that have that kind of critical failure, critical success almost mechanic. We talked about like exploding dice and popping and things succeed like that. Succeed with but almost, like, that was Yeah, succeed Mistborn. with player. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of one of my favorite games that I've run, and I didn't bring it up because it's pretty much the only system that does it. The Age system from Green Ronin. They've done Fantasy Age, Modern Age, they've done Titan's Grave Ashes of Alcana, and I believe Dragon Age uses the same system, which is 3D6. Uh, it is actually the best probability as far as like a uniform distribution. It's a perfect bell curve. Um, it's how you um oh gurps also uses 3d6 that's right mm-hmm. a, but i think they're 3d6 roll under right yeah 3d6 roll under yeah. yeah um the cool thing about age that i've run it and i've run it in both fantasy age and titan's grave is um t- you have 3d6 but one of them has to be a different color or specifically designated as your stunt die and if that if you ever roll doubles whatever is shown on your stunt die you can use that many points to do something that your character has access through uh, their class or features or what have you. Oh, that's cool. Um, that it's like a success with uh, flair, like you were saying. However, you don't always succeed on those rolls, right? If you roll one, one, three, you rolled a five. You probably didn't succeed in your task. So those points are useless. But like if you roll five, six, six, well, holy shit, you just not only crushed the whatever you were trying to do, you get bonus cool shit to do on top of it. That's a really cool um, twist on an otherwise relatively uniformly distributed system. You know, very predictable results in that game, which is kind of its downfall, is that it's not swingy enough, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, you know, it's like it's boringly you're always going to roll between an eight and a twelve. And like, yeah, if you don't roll between there, well, shit or holy shit. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's it. Like, it's. I think that's why the D20 system remains so popular, right? because it gives it gives the people. It gives the people those. Everybody loves those stories of like, dude. Then I rolled a twenty, and like, yeah, crazy that shit happened. Or, or no, then I rolled a one, and this like crazy crap happened. Or when you oh. roll three twenties in a row, or like three ones in a row, yeah. Moments where you're like, oh yep. my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yep. <laughs> I will say, rolling six 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 in age systems feels like that. Like it is crazy when you roll three sixes, or and... even even short order apocalypse. Like exploding die yeah. too when you like you explode, you roll again, it explodes fucking again, you roll it again, it explodes again. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, if you're designing a game, or you know, if you know that you're playing a game like that, those are the moments to hit for. Like you can have a really great system, but the more you can just give it some fun flavor like that they're, they're um, rare but that's what makes them so good you're like Holy yeah shit. Like, yeah. this happens once every couple years <laughs> like, and like, those are those are the things that give people stories and keep them playing yeah the, the second yep so they can dramatically change a situation you roll 320s in a row and you're like oh my gosh you just fucked that yeah you know where you'll never get that <laughs> drawing a fucking king from a deck of cards you don't know that there's four of them rainy <laughs> four of them okay. rainy yeah but what if but what if the deck but what if you flip th- like three kings in a row. That shit's Maybe. fucking wild. True, true. Anyway. <laughs> um, Chris, 
Uh, die. One of these days, we'll just have an episode for you people who love conflict where we just fight. <laughs> Honestly, it's fine. It's constructive. It's it's fine. You're allowed to like and dislike things. Um, I will argue for things that I think mathematically work. That's the only thing that, you know what I mean? Like, or like not even mathematically. If like, I think that it's a functioning system, then there's a place for it. Yeah. For a certain sort of game, there definitely is a place for it. For a certain sort of game with a certain sort of player. <laughs> I am not included in that. Pathfinder too. <laughs> well, speaking of certain places for certain things, thank you for joining us for this episode of Modified Roles. We are DMs After Dark. You can find us in certain places on the internet, mostly by looking for DMs After Dark. We're on all the social medias. I don't know what else Sarah says. Something something podcasts worth their salt. Uh, you can find us on anything. Ask your smart devices i almost just said it and it would have turned on in my room uh whatever you know thing you talk to to play music you can tell it to play our podcasts and it will do so um if you want you can email us at dmsafterdark at gmail.com and tell us how fucking wrong we are about <laughs> cards and dice pools and pathfinder the D- 2 <laughs> and pathfinder 2 and or how e- white you are yeah, yeah. Well, well, if they're going to tell us how wrong they are about Pathfinder 2, they're either telling me how wrong I am or Rainy. Yeah, so oh, either way, you do have someone in your corner here on true. that one. Um, yeah, email. Honestly, email us. We love the dumb emails we've received from, you know, from people. and uh, Both of them. Yeah, all, <laughs> however, how, all one hand of them. <laughs> however, um, yeah, uh, we hope that this was helpful in some way for you. If you're playing a game with a new system, um, Maybe we covered it and you know what to expect. Maybe you never want to play with cards ever, and that's totally fine. If you know a game that uses cards to predict the future in an actual future predicting, let us know about it. I'd love to know about that game if it exists. Yeah. Let Amber know if there's any, uh, you know, deck manipulation card-based RPGs. And until next time, switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. And go roll like 56 just to piss off your job. Shuffle some cards. <laughs> send, send Christian cards. Yes. Oh god, don't. Here's his address. <laughs> <laughs>